0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. We want to take a minute before we get started uh, to thank our partners, and when we say partners, we, these are the people who have really uh, stepped up to the plate, and we've stepped up to the plate for them. Uh, as to what they're doing. We have two types of partners. One are business partners, and th- that is the uh, Athens uh, Community Chamber of Commerce, or Athens Area Community Chamber of Commerce, and also the Oconee Chamber of Commerce. We They do great work, and we work through them to do networking. And then we've got five uh, what we call charitable partners, and those are St. Jude's Children's Hospital, the Wounded Warrior Program or Project, Camp Southern Ground, which is in Georgia, and it's for veterans. My son did that one week, and it changed his life. The Fellowship of Christians and Jews. And finally, Lydia's Place, which is a fostering-type place for young folks to uh, really get their feet on the ground. We're very proud to have all those folks involved, and we're supporting them in all of their good work. Uh, please visit our website, Hope with Danny. and you'll find out some more information on each and every one of them. Today, we've got Leslie Hale. She is the executive director for Books for Keeps, and we're pleased to have her on board, although I have to admit that I made it through four years of college at UGA and never learned to read. (laughs) My my problem was what she's doing I could have really benefited from, and she's going to tell you in a minute, but I could have benefited because I never really learned to read in a comprehensive way so that I could enjoy to read. Uh, I read so slow, uh, but I've got a decent vocabulary. That's a miracle, I reckon. But uh, Leslie, you're the executive director of a program or project that I really believe in. Tell us how you got there and when you got started and a little bit about the program.
1: Thank you, Danny. I'm so excited to be here and to to share with folks what Books for Keeps does. Books for Keeps started uh, really because of One woman, Melanie Smith, our founder, learning about a couple of children who were overheard having a conversation about how they weren't looking forward to summer because they didn't have any books at home. And so when summer started, their access to books ended. And so she set out to just solve the problem for those couple of children and learned that it's actually a widespread issue among children, particularly from low-income communities, and that there's a huge amount of research that shows that when children don't have access to books, they fall behind, and that if we can just correct that one problem, giving them access to books, we can help them keep up with their peers who have more resources. We can help them develop a joy for reading and a love of reading because developing that love of reading, just like you said, it builds on itself. Children start to view it as a pleasurable activity. They do it more. They get better at it. And that's how we build a lifelong habit.
0: Well, I'll take all of those to heart. I mean, I'm about (laughs) 50 years late doing that or 55, but uh, uh, we can always learn. And I I believe with all my mind that if you can't read, you're going to have a difficult time in life, uh, especially when reading is so required with everything you do. You never get around it. I don't care if we have the Internet or anything else. If you can't read what's on the Internet, you're certainly going to have a problem. So I believe in reading, believe it or not, and and, uh, I'm all for what you're doing. Uh, Let's get into that a a little more detail in that— what a, how many books uh, have you distributed to students, teachers, families, individuals, and fellow nonprofits uh, over the years?
1: In the past decade, we have given away more than 750,000 books in Georgia.
0: Just 750,000. That's all.
1: Just 750,000. Looking forward to breaking that one million bookmark. That's right.
0: <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I like setting goals, and evidently you do that all the time. If you don't set goals, you certainly can't <laughs> achieve them. And I'm sure y'all are in the goal setting of business. Tell us about your staff and organization. Are you overstaffed now?
1: Uh I don't know of many nonprofits that would consider themselves to be overstaffed. <laughs> um, we we certainly have grown uh, significantly in the past several years. We now have four staff members, and it takes every single one of us, especially during the spring when we are in the schools every day giving books away, to pull off this program to give away that number of books because we are giving away more than hundred thousand books on an annual basis now. The majority of those going home with students in the spring uh, just before they leave school for the summertime so that they have 12 books each to read all summer long
0: well i'll tell you when i was a kid i don't know your age i'm sure you're about 30 40 years younger than i am but anyway when i was a kid uh, in those grade school levels they would Mm -hmm. make you read a book and then make you report on it when you came back to school so you lived in fear all summer long if you couldn't read the book very well. You didn't like it anyway. And
1: I was about to say, let, let me ask how much you enjoyed that process, Danny.
0: <laughs> Zero. And you know how much I enjoyed it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You could go to the uh, bookstore or somewhere and get the Cliff Notes, which <laughs> you could re- make your report on those Cliff Notes and probably get away with it most times without reading the books. That's how bad I didn't like the the process uh, or didn't enjoy it but uh, you turned that around from a requirement to a choose your own books and an enjoy right
1: that's correct and you know, let me let me tell you. Uh, as an adult, I, I have to say the quickest way to guarantee that I won't enjoy reading something is to tell me that I am required to read it, that I have to read it. And so, if we if we translate that same thing, that same psychology to children, why would we expect them to enjoy something that they are required to read? So this element of allowing them to choose what they read, giving them some agency about it, giving them a feeling of ownership. Excuse me, I'm so sorry about the dog.
0: Is that the old yeller back there, old yeller?
1: (laughs) might as well be. She is a very protective Weimaraner lab mix. Okay. Um, I
0: don't know what that is, but it sounds good.
1: Yeah. Um, So, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to start over at least on that last point. So if we want to give children a sense of enjoyment in reading, we have to give them a sense of ownership over it as well and give them the opportunity to choose what they want to read. Uh, I believe that that is going to also connect to the rest of their schooling so that when they uh, are required to read a book, it doesn't feel like such an arduous task or, or a difficult task. If they had a bag of 12 books that they took home during the summer and they picked them up and they read them without needing to be encouraged or even needing an adult to say, hey, have you read for 30 minutes today? Then those required readings that they have to do when they come back to school are going to feel a little bit more doable, a little bit more of of a task that they're willing and ready to complete.
0: Well, what's the magic of 12 books as opposed to five or eight or 10
1: Uh, That's a great question. It is based on academic research that was conducted in the mid-2000s that found that that's uh, really just sort of the sweet spot in terms of giving children a high enough quantity of books to read so that they have enough uh, variety, enough books to practice their skills on during the summer. Uh, So, too few fewer than that and they don't have enough to really sort of keep their brains busy uh give them uh you know wider vocabulary to practice with and uh more than that and and it gives them too much uh to to last the summer
0: well aren't most things uh successful because of the way you present it to them uh you know exactly you're not over the top of them trying to as you say require it but They don't probably have a whole lot of trouble with a little bit of counsel from you or the people presenting the books as to find 12 books. You've got a wide range of books they can uh, choose from.
1: That's correct. When we take books to schools, we are setting up in their media center what looks like a big free book fair, and the students come into the media center one class at a time to choose their books. So they have a, a high quantity, a lot of variety to choose from. Especially the youngest grades, uh, you know, those those little ones, the really enthusiastic ones, um, they often will put so many books in their bag that we have to help them narrow their selections down and put oh my a few goodness. back uh it we we really enjoy that each year we like to see if we can set a new record uh we have had students uh try to to check out with as many as 31 books in their bags but one of the things that I, I tell volunteers because they they feel a lot of anxiety about the idea that they might have to tell a child that they have to put books back children are just as excited to sit down with a volunteer and go through their books together and talk about the books they picked out and narrow down to their 12 options Uh, as they were to put those books in their bag in the first place. And so, you know, when they know that everybody else in the media center is doing the same thing, that everybody gets that opportunity to pick out 12 books, but no more, they're very understanding and very enthusiastic about narrowing down their choices and, and taking just 12 from the media center with them.
0: Well, I know when I was in school uh, back in the dark ages, uh, the last place (laughs) you wanted to go was the media center because you either had to be really quiet or you had to read some books, or you got sent there by the principal. So it just wasn't a place you wanted to go. Thank goodness y'all turned that around. And every school has a beautiful media center. And uh, that means it's an important place to go.
1: Yeah. And we're one of the things that we hope we're doing, too, is helping um, create not just a culture in which, you know, students see reading as exciting, something that they do together, but also making it so that when they return to school in the fall, they come back to their media center with that same sense of excitement and anticipation. And their media specialist can help them find more books like what they picked out from Books for Keeps in the spring.
0: Oh, you mean the media specialist becomes the uh, kid's uh, friend, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, by the way, you didn't mention uh, what your range of kids that normally get the books. Uh.
1: Yes. So our program, uh, the main program Stop Summer Slide, is focused on elementary school. So pre-K through fifth grade are, are, are our main target grades. Reaching children at their earliest age when they're just learning to read, helping them practice those skills, and helping harness the natural joy and excitement that they find in reading at an early age is really important. Uh, there are studies that show that reading motivation, the motivation of children to just pick up a, joy, a book and read for the joy of it, reading motivation goes down as children get older. But if we can um, help harness that natural excitement that they feel for reading early in elementary school and help them just see themselves as natural readers by the time they're reaching middle school, then we've got them hooked really for the rest of their lives. And I have to tell you, we, we see that in real life. Uh, children come up to us at the end of... Of their time choosing books uh, when they're exiting fifth grade, when they're on their way out of fifth grade, and they say, will you be at my middle school? Children are hungry for this program to continue into middle school. We aren't quite there yet, but there are some fabulous media specialists in the counties that we work with that are finding ways to get books to their students, and we're slowly expanding our offerings of of how we work with those schools uh, at the middle school and high school level to provide books to their students as well.
0: Well, I used to think that harnessing uh, excitement was going to PE or to the playground. But it sounds like there's a different way to do that and get some educational value out of it as as well. And the beauty of you guys is that everything you're doing is based on research and evidence-based opportunities out there. So this is not something you just made up. Uh, You've got something to back it up.
1: That's right. And we have proof too as an organization that this is effective. We have conducted research with with help uh, from researchers at the University of Georgia to actually look at reading scores among students who have gotten books through our program. So we've been able to look at their reading scores and compare them to the reading scores of children uh, also in Clark County who didn't get books from the program. And so this is before we were in every Clark County elementary school. And what we found is that children in our program were advancing One to two months, and their reading skills uh, compared to the children attending other schools, so they were they were growing their reading skills, growing their, their reading scores one to two months more than students attending schools that were not getting books from us. So we're, we're showing how children getting access to these books is actually growing their their ability to read, helping them improve their reading skills during the summer when they're not in school. And that's huge because all of the research that we have access to from before we started doing this work is that children from low-income families are actually losing some of their reading skills during the summer. So that's why our program is called Stop Summer Slide. We're actually helping reverse that trend of learning loss that many children experience when they aren't in school for the summer.
0: All right. And this learning loss it could be really detrimental to a kid because they're discouraged. They get discouraged if they have that learning loss, I imagine, about reading and, and just instructional attitudes in general. Uh, you Absolutely. said you're in 21 schools. Are those 21 elementary schools in Clark County?
1: Uh, it's 21 elementary schools in five counties altogether. So we serve the 14 public elementary schools in Athens Clark County. And we are also in Morgan County, Warrington, Warren County, Elbert County, and a couple of schools in Metro Atlanta.
0: Well, obviously, you're sharing the uh, spoils here for five counties. Is there some opportunity in the future for you to share this information or this program and process to other schools, other places that you couldn't actually uh, implement the program, say like in uh, Alabama or something like that?
1: That is the hope. Uh, we are, are slowly expanding our ability to work with new counties around the state. So Morgan County uh, is a great example because they are the newest county that joined our program this year because the media specialist at Morgan County Elementary School actually sought funding. She, she went out and she wrote a grant for us to be able to start serving her students. So those students this year They got to pick out four books each, but the hope is to expand it to the full program so that they can pick out 12 books each in future years. It's really just a matter of having the funding partners, whether it's a grant or a corporate partner who wants to bring the program to their county, and the people to help make it happen because it does take volunteers to help run the program for the two or three days uh, that books are being uh, given away in their school.
0: See, I knew you'd have to use the word hope at least a couple of times in our, in our interview uh, because there's a lot of hope in your program. You, you certainly hope that it'll benefit the kids. You certainly hope that you'll get the funding you need. And how do you get that funding? And what does it require on an annual basis for your program?
1: Uh, it costs just under $40 per child per year for them to take home 12 books. Uh, and that, that includes the books, that includes the tote bag that they're carrying their books home in, the cost of us transporting the, the books to the schools. Uh, so, you know, depending on the size of the school, it costs anywhere from $12,000 for a very small school to, uh, you know, we have some very large schools in our program where it costs us close to $24,000 a year. But when you look at that per child cost of just under $40, the return on that investment is huge because Third grade reading scores are actually connected to high school graduation rates. A child who is not reading on grade level by the end of third grade is four times less likely to graduate from high school than his or her peers. And that cost of not graduating high school is lower employment, higher rates of incarceration, and the savings to society of high school graduates are huge. It's it's around $200,000 uh, to a single taxpayer <laughs> Over the life of that person's uh that that person's um over that person's lifetime um just by making sure that they graduate from high school
0: hey are you listeners hearing that two hundred thousand dollars cost because they didn't learn how to read and enjoy it uh by the third grade i i'm I'm just floored I really am uh that's exactly uh what I wanted to hear, but I didn't know it was available uh let me ask you this. The, the students, you know, they're reading these books over the summer. Do they have to wear a mask when they're reading those books?
1: <laughs> no. And it allows them to travel, right? They don't have to leave their their house. So uh, pandemic or no pandemic, access to transportation or not. Books allow them to adventure and they allow them to travel. And here's the most important thing. Books give kids hope, right? They give kids the ability to see that whatever their circumstances are, wherever they are living or whatever circumstance they're living in, that there are other things out there and that they can they can dream of visiting other places and having adventures and doing new things, uh, doing any profession that they want to do. Books, I think, expose children to all the possibilities in their lives, even when their lives and their circumstances seem really small.
0: Well, you, really, you can't get that any other way. It's not uh, in a science book so much. It's nice to have science books, but even the math books, <laughs> you don't really get that adventure in life. It's, that's very important to know, but you don't get that uh, excitement. and. Uh, vision about what you can do and what you can be uh you know right. I, i'm so glad that we can get that other ways than the cartoons that are uh, and the uh adventure series that are on the internet and the oh boy it's just gone too far <laughs> so i'm with you on that let's get it in the right right vein all right now how did covid uh affect you last uh last year
1: yeah covid threw a real wrench in things uh for everybody, right? Um, but for for us, uh, in a lot of specific ways. So we were about three weeks out from making the first book deliveries to partner schools in 2020 when everything shut down. And so we, we had to first uh, accept that we were not going to be seeing students in person in 2020 to give books away. But then we also came to the very, very swift realization that the children we serve need books. They needed books in 2020 more than they ever had uh, because they were thrown into the longest summer of their lives without access to their school libraries, without access to their community libraries, because our community libraries shut down and were not available to us. So our team put together an online ordering system. We worked with an Athens-based tech company called RoundSphere, and they allowed us to use an e-commerce platform, so an online shopping platform that they own called XCart. And we actually loaded our inventory of books of more than 80,000 books in our warehouse onto to that platform and invited the students we serve to just start shopping for books. And so the every single school that we serve, uh, all 20 schools in 2020, uh, invited their students to shop for books. They filled out some information uh, about um, where they live so that we could get the books to them. And then we worked with volunteers to actually deliver the books. So we, we were packing and delivering books all summer <laughs> last year um, in the heat of summer. But we ultimately delivered about uh, 63,000 books uh, by hand to students in Athens and another uh, 15,000 with the help of a third party that actually shipped books to students in the counties we serve outside of Athens. So uh, we were delivering books directly to students' homes so that they would still have books to read during that summer.
0: Well, no uh, COVID-19, or uh, whatever you want to call it, is going to keep you guys back because you're going to find a way to overcome that. I love overcomers. Right. Overcomers in life are very important people because it weren't for people like that. And like you, I guess we'd have to stick with just the uh, COVID-19. But I like the idea that you reach 100% of, the, of your pop- eligible population. I didn't say 99. I said 100% of your eligible population. And you've distributed, uh, what, 110,000 books uh, that go home with students this spring, that's 9,300 stu- uh, students attending 23 elementary schools. I hope I just said that right.
1: 21 elementary schools. 21 You're real close.
0: Well, that was, that was close. <laughs> well, it's, it's exciting to say the, the least. What about your goals for growth and, and that sort of thing in the future?
1: Yeah, uh, so we are, of course, continuing to talk to counties and schools that are interested in bringing Stop Summer Slide, our book giveaway program, to their schools. Uh, But our biggest strategic focus right now is building more of the support structure in our communities that we already serve for the books that go home with students and their families to be as successful as possible with books and with reading in the home. And what I mean by that is making sure that families have more of the coaching the tools, the tips for how to make reading part of their strategy, their their success strategy for their students at home. And what that that looks like is modeling story time, modeling the act of reading together with your preschooler who can't read yet, or modeling the act of reading with your elementary schooler who can read to themselves, but is still going to benefit from reading alongside an adult who can help them with hard words or hard concepts, help them with pronunciation, help talk through, you know, some of the more difficult, um, you know, human relationships and uh, the, the Uh, hardships that characters go through in books. So showing families what that looks like, giving them encouragement and support, because one of the things we know about families across the economic spectrum is they want the best for their kids. They absolutely want the best. I don't care if you are rich or poor. You want the best for your kids. And families often just need coaching for how to go about that. And often that means um, talking about the things that they're already doing, whether it's going to the grocery store together or waiting for the bus or brushing teeth and how you can make that a moment where reading is incorporated into the day. Uh, Whether you pack a book in the stroller or you're reading the back of the toothpaste tube together or you're just using language, You're, you're making rhymes together, you're reading the signs together in the grocery store. All of those are moments and opportunities to increase a child's language and their reading abilities. And so working with families on that, actually building uh, family literacy programming, working with our partners who already do uh, coaching with families, uh, parenting classes to build more of that literacy and language. progress into the work that they're doing with families. We are also really, really excited that we've gotten funding uh, this year to acquire a bookmobile. And so we are going to be creating a bookmobile to take into uh, Athens and surrounding communities to actually give away books from the bookmobile, but also provide some of this family literacy programming Uh, and coaching directly to families in the places where they live. Uh, We're also building a portion of our warehouse out as a book bank so that fellow nonprofits, uh, homeschool families, teachers can come get books that they need directly from our warehouse. So there's a lot of fun new work going on to sort of expand that footprint and expand the ways that we're bringing not only books, but the the support to make reading part of everybody's success strategy uh, to to our communities and, and the people in them.
0: Well, obviously, this is a total community project because you're mm-hmm. involving some of my kids, uh, my, my, some of my grandkids, as a matter of fact, or are- Mm -hmm. children that are listening to this and uh, you want to make sure they're involved in your program because it's certainly a boost to their success in life. And I like your success strategy, which is very important in getting this project um, ongoing and more successful down the road. Uh, That's right. It's it's just really eye-opening what you can do through books. And uh, we're so happy that uh, we have the opportunity to listen to you, Leslie. Uh, I just – Hope that you get all the funding in the funding in the world you need, and put you in even a better position. Maybe one day you'll have two buses, bookmobiles, as you call it, which is a lot. That would Lot, be fabulous. lot different than the Oscar Mayer mobile, I guess. <laughs> 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 you, you can't eat there, books.
1: There might be hot dogs too. We don't know. <laughs> yeah,
0: in the in the back uh, back of the bus there. That's right. Um, we're really fortunate to have had Leslie on board with us today, and. She is the director of Books for Keeps, and we want to make sure that those folks that are listening know where they can go to uh, to find ways that they can support your organization.
1: You can visit booksforkeeps.org. You can also find us on Facebook just by looking for Books for Keeps, and we're on Instagram. If you do Instagram, uh, BFK underscore Athens.
0: Well, you have no excuse at $40 per child not to get on there and give them at least a couple of children. In funding. Uh, there's just no reason not to do it. Uh, and your email address is, uh, tell them that again, if you will.
1: Yeah, the, the best place, to the, the best way to find somebody at Books for Keeps is to email info, that's I-N-F-O, info, at booksforkeeps.org.
0: Okay. Well, you got them all, uh listeners and uh That's right. pick up one of them. I mean, gosh, uh $120 if my multiplication is right, we'll get three kids books for the summer. That's yeah. right. Yeah, something something like that. I didn't do, do it so well in math. But uh, <laughs> uh we can they can always use more funding. You can always go to more counties in the state uh and even outside of the state uh for a unbelievably successful a program to get young kids to uh, to read more. And uh, Leslie, how would you say that your story, which is fantastic, uh, impacts our listeners as, as it relates to hope?
1: I think that especially in the past year, we have seen more than ever how important it is to have reasons to hope, reasons to dream, reasons to see that uh, whatever circumstance we're living in is not going to last forever. Books can do that for us. Books, especially, do that for the youngest people in our community. And if we can help them connect hope and the dream of a better life to their education. That's going to get them through school. It's going to help them persevere and pursue higher levels of education so that they can go on to become productive members of our society, taxpayers, the people who help make our decisions and protect us and take care of us if we need to go to the doctor. And so um, supporting this program, making sure that children have access to books is about building the community and the society that we all want to live in.
0: Well, Leslie Hale, Executive Director of Books for Keeps. Thank you so much for being on here with us, and uh, maybe we'll get you back sometime, maybe in the fall when we start uh, really capitalizing on what they've done over the summer. Thank you for being with us.
1: I would love that. Thank you so much, Danny.
0: Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the HopeWithDanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.